Hello, this is Cassia. I'm coming to you a little bit later. We kind of wanted to add this to the intro to episode 113, but I've moved to the Great White North, and we wanted to say that we are with Ukraine, and we are against Russia's imperialism and against imperialism in any form, and... Mm -hmm. I love flags, and I love the Ukrainian flag. It's, uh, I'm reading from my book. It says, the flag is said to resemble the Ukrainian landscape of golden wheat fields stretching to the horizon to meet the blue sky. I've always loved uh, yellow and blue, and uh, I hope that the people of Ukraine know that uh, good people around the world are there with them, and Corona has been hard. The last few years have been hard. There's been a lot of unprecedented circumstances and like a rise in hate crimes, the pandemic, and many other things. And we hope that the the podcast has been something that can help kind of make these hard times a little bit easier. But like, I hope that we in our in our stories and posts and episodes haven't uh, totally discounted what's going on in the world and we try to be good citizens of the world. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, something we definitely wanted to do was to hop on here before the episode gets started and, you know, condemn uh, Russia's actions on Ukraine and we encourage everyone to, you know, find ways that they can uh, donate or help or um, you know, at least keep yourself informed on uh, what's going on and kind of the ramifications for that. But uh, we encourage everyone to go to the International Committee of the Red Cross. Um, if you're able to uh, donate to help, you know, this kind of funds uh, hospitals and things like that. And you can find that at the icrc.org uh, and, you know, kind of read about, you know, their actions that they're taking to help the people, um, you know, there on the ground in the Ukraine. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, now for the episode. Hello there. This is Jolie Bindo from the Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi podcast. You're listening to the Old Republic podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you. Always. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. This is where the fun begins. All right, everyone. Today we're going to be talking about something that has taken over the whole world. It is currently the top-grossing film of the year 2022, and that is The Batman. And we're talking about it with someone who's been on the podcast with us before. Um, if you go back to episode number 86, we had him on to talk about Korriban and some politics in Star Wars. But Gabe Young is back with us today. Uh, he is a big Batman fan, um, as we all are big Batman fans. And we think we can tie this into Star Wars. We thought, what better way to do it than to have Gabe back? We'll get into the Cape Crusader, get into a little bit of Star Wars, and have some fun. So, Gabe, welcome back onto the podcast. Uh, why don't you tell everyone listening a little bit about yourself? Yeah, what's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for having me again, Brian and Cassia. i super excited to be back. 
Um, I know I shared about myself last time, but again, my name is Gabe or Gabriel. I go by he, his, him pronouns, and ever since I can remember as a little kid, I've been a Batman fan. Um, if Anakin wasn't my first Halloween costume, it was probably Batman. Oh, and nice. I've dove into the Crape, Cape Crusaders adventures, not just in comics, but video games, film, TV shows. Um, my first favorite TV show, um, aside from Star Wars Clone Wars, um, would pro was probably Batman the Animated Series. And mm -hmm. to the fact that just so much from the comic lore was tied into that animated show is what really gave me that in-depth mindset of Batman psyche and really kept me onto it. And um, sharing my own experience as someone who has lost his father at a very young age and was raised by a single mother, um, I felt like Batman's own trauma was something that I can relate to and his sense for justice, equity, and fairness is something so notable that makes his crusade against injustice so, uh, I'd say valiant. There we go. But yeah, okay. thanks so yeah. much for having me. And that's why I'm a huge Batman fan. As for me, as someone who wants to make the world a better place, I see myself in Batman, as I'm sure many of us do. So, again, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks again for coming on, Gabe. It's always uh, great to uh, hear what you say. Uh, you're such a good thinker, and I know you're going to do... Uh, a great many things. Oh wait, that's kind of a Palpatine quote, but I mean it like in a good way. Like, yeah. That's right. Yeah, a positive yeah. Palpatine. You, quote, we will yeah. watch your career with great interest. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, like I said, uh, you're a big Batman fan. You know, we've both uh, really really enjoyed Batman. That animated series that was great. I remember you know getting home from school watching that. Um, of course, you have you know the iconic uh, voice actor Mark Hamill in there playing the Joker. All that stuff was really good. Um, I never really was a big like comic book kid, but I always really liked like comic book characters and stories. Like I always really like like the old like uh, Superman films, and I always I actually really liked the the Batman TV series like from 1966. I remember I would get mm -hmm. home like from college. Um, or like I would, I would get back from a break and I would, I would watch and I don't know, it must've been on like TV land or TBS or something, you know, and they were just playing the old one. So I would, I would like go home and eat lunch and watch through those, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that old Adam West Batman, which is, which is very campy and very, very different from the 2022 Batman, uh, yes. and, and always, but, but Batman is this really great character and he's had kind of all of these different iterations. So really, you know, however you like your Batman, uh, there's definitely a Batman story that's been told that you can can identify with. But what about you, Cassio? What is your uh, kind of background history with the uh, the Cape Crusader here? I think you mean my background. Oh, um, oh I did ooh, I did I did not mean that. No. <laughs> oh, I I love puns like probably too much and uh, yeah, but some bat memories I have of Batman. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to kind of highlight, you mentioned the uh, 1966 Adam West TV show. William Dozier, who kind of headed that show. It's funny because I was kind of reading that an article about him. And he's like, because uh, he, he's never really read comic books before. And he read like a dozen to buy, like read on a flight to L.A. And then he was like, 
this is a quote from the article. This was ridiculous and ancient basic material, he would later say. And it's like, I think that's loving, you know, like, because mm-hmm. uh, comics, like, we, it's so funny because, like, current popular culture is like, uh, like Batman versus DC, and it's like, this guy really doesn't get it. He doesn't get Aquaman, and it's like, Aquaman is a man who talks to dolphins, and I think in some <laughs> comics he actually dated a dolphin. Like, mm-hmm. and like some people, sometimes we get like so. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes like people can get toxic about it, but I'm like, it does connect with us. Like these characters, like it's kind of like Star Wars, you know, like. Mm-hmm. I probably, you know, like Star Wars too much, and that's, you know, like, uh, it's just, like, I love Star Wars, and, like, that's kind of how I see, like, archetypal stories, and, like, superheroes are kind of like that, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's okay to have fun with them, and it's okay to take mm-hmm. them, like, seriously, we just kind of find the golden mean, you know, like, not too much, not too little, you know, just have fun with it, but that was kind of like... I, I guess Kreia has kind of uh, inspired me, I guess, as we kind of think about KOTOR 2. But um, I didn't really know much about Batman growing up because, like, I would just kind of see the Batman cartoons on. But, like, mm-hmm. I was kind of like... Uh, it's kind of how it was a little bit with Star Wars. Like, it was okay to, like like certain things but like you couldn't like it like in some ways like if you were a girl uh so like I didn't really come to know what Superman like who Superman was or Batman was until like Superman was Smallville you know like right sure I unironically loved everything about (laughs) that you know um all 10 seasons you know (laughs) and uh and like Batman Begins, it, it's an interesting movie. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. what started off like the grim, dark, you know, kind of gritty reboot, you know, kind of craze going on. Actually, maybe still going on to an extent, even though I think it's kind of switched from like dark, gritty reboot to nostalgia um, in the last few years, but. Uh, it's kind of a different take. It's like kind of like taking the mythos and like kind of making it a little bit more realistic. Mm -hmm. So like, it's kind of like I was getting Batman through like the Nolan lens and it, it got me interested in, in him. And, uh, I guess what I like is like Batman, uh, are his villains. He has the best rogues gallery and I loved playing, uh, Arkham City, like, and each of his villains are so iconic and unique, and, like, they all kind of, like, carry, like, different aspects of his personality, like, if he took it too far, like, if he relied on his wealth too much, he would turn into Penguin, like, if he was just too, uh, random and left things to chance, he could be, like, Two-Face, you know? Mm -hmm. My own Batman research and history and whatnot, like, Seeing how he first came from Detective Comics to, comics to now, I talk about this all the time with friends and family, but, like, the, it's crazy how Batman has transformed from his grounded personality that we see of, and especially in the movie it's shown this, of wanting to just be a 
carry out vigilante justice and then turning into a superhero, a symbol for hope. And whenever I like dive into the Arkham games, I've played it ever since I was young, or even the Batman animated series uh, with the rise of Sun Tzu, we've always seen Batman in so many different fashions from his Silver Age. Like there's a Batman for everyone, as he said. And I think that's what makes Batman so relatable is that mm-hmm. we consider him a superhero, but he doesn't have any powers. And I don't know how more human you can get from calling a superhero a human being. Because, like, you know, each in our daily lives, we carry our own traumas and obstacles in life. Yet, as Cassie, you mentioned, like, I think going back to Alan Moore's The Killing Joke, like, if we really internalize one bad day can reduce the sanest man to lunacy, we can really turn into the Joker and go down that darker path and kind of tying it back into Star Wars. That one bad day can definitely represent Anakin's own fall, that he had that one bad day and turned to the dark side and to lunacy. And it really talks about that internal human struggle we have with processing our own human emotions and how it's important for us to confide and love other people. And I think that's what makes Batman great is that he eventually learns, like if you go into the Lego Batman Mm -hmm. movie, he can't do it himself. He needs other people to help him out. And the real Bruce Wayne is his is Bruce Wayne when he's with the Bat family. So that was amazing. Like that you mentioned that Cassie that like we are Batman. Yeah. All of us are Batman and there's no such thing as gatekeeping Batman for anyone and everyone. Yeah. And there's no gatekeeping Aquaman. So uh, <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> don't don't gate don't gatekeep Aquaman and don't keep keep uh batman actually just don't gatekeep anyone uh yeah on a on a side note but yeah that's um that's a really uh interesting thing you just talked about there that we we can all be batman um and like like we talked about a little bit um you know there's all these different kind of aspects of batman i i personally like batman as the detective the solving crimes and uh processing crime scenes uh right before we hopped on we were talking a little bit about the telltale uh batman game and that's pretty heavily uh, a part of that game, which I found to be interesting. Uh, what about what about you? Uh, I guess uh, Cassio, let's start with you. Uh, what what about what is it about Batman that you can identify that you really like? You know, is it is it the gadgets or the cool car or you know what is what about Batman do you find most intriguing or you can kind of identify with the most? I guess. Uh, when I was doing my undergrad, I was talking with my roommate who had lost her mother to cancer uh and i was like i don't i don't get it like i i can understand like batman like losing his parents but then like he turns it into his whole identity and it's a crusade and like she's like you don't understand and like she's like it really like scars you as as a person you know so it's something like I didn't quite understand but like uh, I think it speaks to a lot of uh, people's experiences like uh, Gabe included uh, just like kind of like taking loss and uh, transforming it into a crusade to make something better and like 
maybe there were better ways that he could do it, but I think, like, in the end, like, him being Batman in Gotham is probably more of a good thing than a bad thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so it's just, like, the mentality of Batman, like, his psychology kind of, like, gets me interested in his character. And, like, that's what I can kind of connect with. I can't really connect with him being, like, super rich or, like, super, like, buff, like, punching everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, like, also, like, as I kind of mentioned, his, his rogues gallery, iconic and, like, mm-hmm. they're all kind of, like, offshoots of him, you know? Like, I in a way, you know, like, offshoots of, like, uh, different... Uh, uh, different psych. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say mm-hmm. that. Like, like offshoots of like different personality uh, types. You know, like taken to extremes that he, that Batman could t- take himself to. You know. Um, so I guess those are those are some of the thoughts I had. Yeah, definitely. Um, hey, Gabe, what about you? Anything? Anything in particular about um, Batman? You know, and kind of any of these iterations, or is there one? sort of version of Batman that you are really drawn to or, um, you know, something about Batman or the stories that they tell that you can really sort of identify with and grasp onto. And like I said, see yourself in kind of these roles, I guess. Yeah. I would say really the Batman that I relate to the most would probably be any iteration of Jim Lee's, uh, artwork of him for one, and I think Jeff Johns is Batman. Like, Jeff Johns' stories are just so salient, understanding human trauma. And that's what, mm-hmm. relating to Cassia, is my favorite part about Batman. Um, I know I mentioned my background before, but as I mentioned before in the podcast, too, that although Star Wars was a coping mechanism, superheroes, let alone Batman, was a coping mechanism. And in the wake of my father's death and needing inspiration of where to channel my anger and frustration with the idea of death, I really didn't know where to place it. And I could either project onto other people and be rude, I'll put aloofish and isolate myself and become reclusive, or I can choose to be better and we see this throughout any superhero especially batman that we choose or i chose to be a man for and with others someone to be in solidarity with the poor while uh, trying to help others and i think in jeff johns's um portrayal of the character especially with the battle for the cow storyline we see that so many people grieve after Batman is gone bec- or Bruce is gone because although, yes, Bruce is, has so much money, Bruce mm-hmm. decides to use his money not as a one-off philanthropic venture that we see within our billionaires and 2% of society, but instead he invests in himself to actually take himself off his pedestal and go down and sacrifice his life for those who can't um one particular thing that comes to mind that i see so many people talking about um 
in the Asian American community and as an Asian American myself is the opening shot of literally the Batman movie where that was inspired um, where the character is inspired by Frank Miller's year one and uh, Jeff Johns' depiction of the character the more brooding type where Batman could easily stay in his tower as everyone can see like as Bruce but instead he chooses to go into a subway fight save an Asian American man's life who who he doesn't even know despite the Asian American man calling for help and standing up for people let alone the marginalized and minorities of society and I think that's what stands out to me about Batman is that he uses that trauma of loss of a loved one and the memory and the love that his parents have given him just like my father has given to me and transforms that to be someone who can be a man formed with others and be someone who can make the world let Gotham a better place um, through standing up for people when no one else can I also think it's mm-hmm. great like he, as Batman as a concept as a social commentary is like what's blows my mind is the note that you know there's only so much that one man can do yet he's not afraid to put his life on the line and to realize that the only way you can really serve others in a kind of Christian sense is to really give your whole self to people and to put your body in the way of someone else's blows because by taking that hit you're you're saving someone and really serving someone and just that altruistic aspect of Batman is what has made me a fan of him till today Mm -hmm. yeah no uh definitely good stuff very well said there and that's kind of one of the big themes we got out of both the the Christopher Nolan uh trilogy and then uh this this new this Matt Reeves version of Batman is is really kind of you know hitting on those points of you know Bruce Wayne you know being selfless and making these sacrifices that he wouldn't have to necessarily you know that you know anyone else might not necessarily make and you know that's that's one of the really interesting things uh about the character uh you know definitely that he's willing to you know mm-hmm. <laughs> give up his give up you know this lavish lifestyle and you know and in, in pursuit of uh of justice and and doing that and i really liked um well and we'll talk about the new batman here um in a minute but you know it really kind of talks about especially in the opening kind of act of that movie um bruce wayne batman talking about how um you know batman as a persona has to be bigger than just himself because like you'd said gabe you can't you can't be everywhere you can't do everything you can't protect everyone uh but the idea of you can and i think that that's really neat you know kind of you know beyond beyond the boundaries of batman or or superhero things you know it's it's building up you know this persona of of doing good in the world you know and letting that shadow you and you know hopefully live on past you know our time here with you know doing good deeds and you know taking care of people and your communities and things like that yeah very well said brian let's let's i guess we should probably see if we can tie this back into star wars though a little bit um so cassia uh i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out this this argument here and then i'm gonna let you uh uh kind of run with it see if i if i make any sense if you can if you can make heads or tails of this uh no no uh two-faced pun 
intended there. <laughs> I was about to be like, that's a two-faced pun, just right. for the people listening at home. It's just, it's just, it's pun central. I don't know if there is a pun villain in Batman or not, um, but I do know that the main villain of Batman, of course, is the Joker. That's the one everyone knows and has been in pretty much all of the Batman media over all of these these years. And if you do any kind of like research, really like digging into Batman as a character. Um, and, you know, what these villains mean. Batman and the Joker are often pitted as kind of the, you know, opposite sides of the same coin, almost as a a dyad, if you will, or as, uh, you know, the, the linear, kind of that linear path of the Jedi and the Sith, just, you know, one steps, you know, one steps one way, one steps the other way. Uh, but what do you think about that? It would, would the Batman and the Joker be good representations of Jedi and the Sith? What do you think? Um, that is a very interesting question. Um, Thank you. I think uh, Batman is maybe a bit more like someone who is using systems, but not necessarily serving a system if that makes sense like it's a little bit more like i don't really think gray jedi exists anymore but like kind of like gray jedi you know and mm -hmm. maybe like revan would be kind of like a batman like he does the kind of like the more edgy things that uh like goody two-shoe jedi probably wouldn't do uh the joker I think he's a little bit too random to quite be a Sith. Mm -hmm. um, like, but maybe he's kind of like, I don't know. Because Sith are kind of like, not necessarily like hedonistic, but they kind of like serve their like base pleasures and like, for me, like, Joker's a little bit too random. Like, it would be hard to be, like, this character in Star Wars is kind of like the Joker. Mm -hmm. But that does get my mind turning for, like, a future episode we are probably going to do, like, incorporating uh, Batman and KOTOR characters. But uh, did you have an idea, Gabe? Yeah. Um, so first, going into the movies, I think the quote that can best describe it is... When Snoke saying, when darkness rises and light to meet it, because, oh, and then there's, he furthers this, I warned my young apprentice that as he grew stronger, his equal in the light would rise when he talks to Rey in The Last Jedi. Because mm -hmm. if you look at Nolan's Dark Knight, Joker says, I don't want to kill you, I need you, you complete me. And... I wrote an essay about this where what makes the Batman and Joker dynamic so great or the reason why I'd say the Dark Knight is considered the best superhero movie of all time is the reason why it rose to prestige. That it used film in its literature sense to convey that the duality of man will always have good and evil to them. And... Where I'm going with this is that Batman, in a sense, represents good, although he he take he kind of supersedes the law, which in a way is like kind of in a gray area. Mm -hmm. He represents 
the goodness of people wanting to serve others, altruism, whereas the Joker represents chaos and and evil in a sense. And that's kind of this pendulum, if you will, that if good strikes, evil must happen. When evil happens, good must happen as well. And it's a balancing act that the spiritual energies or the force like literally has to balance out by creating these said dyads and bringing it into Kodor I think the best way to see is looking in Kodor 2 where Mitra the exile is a wound in the force and her counterpart being the wound of the force would be Nihilus, nihilism and Mitra represents that part of the force that despite her committing mass death with the mass shadow generator at Malachor 5. She chose to walk away and hence why she lost her connection to the forest. But she came back to serve people. And just as she grew stronger in light side canonically. Unless you're a dark side fan playthrough. Um, Nihilus too <laughs> rose in power. And that is mm-hmm. where I think Kreia talks about too that when you're in Narshadad like there's like no such thing as good or evil in her sense because this frustrating cycle of the duality of man is what frustrates everyone and so when we tie it back to Batman um, and try to find that gray area kind of the best Batman character is Revan and Ahsoka where Revan chose to be the prodigal knight, if you will, just like Batman is called the Dark Knight. Because Revan understands that light, when light rises, evil will too, and hence why he went into the unknown regions. And he takes it upon his own self without any guidance from anyone, just like how Batman doesn't take any guidance from the police force or government to go and do the right thing, to sacrifice his own life so others can keep moving. Whereas a counterpart for him would definitely be Vitiate in Swotor, where Vitiate is more like the Joker that he doesn't really care about what's going on. He just wants power to rule um, in a sense and to create that galactic chaos for him to rise to power. And looking at Ahsoka and then more media, that Ahsoka chooses to walk away from systems. Um, even in the Justice League cartoon when the Justice League tells Batman that they're going to the government to reveal their identity Batman says no that he's a part-timer just like Ahsoka in Rebels goes oh I'm not re- I'm no Jedi when she's fighting Anakin on Malachor and so yeah it's this concept that the duality of man I think and hence why like no one loves confronting because it it's so frustrating is ever present within media and shows that greater sense of what it means to be human and hence again where i'm going back to my argument that batman represents humanity in a sense and hence the joker as a facet of batman also represents that side of humanity where in the state of nature we are unafraid to let our own inhibitions of chaos run loose so yeah there you go (laughs) I've learned so much just listening to you. I'm amazed. Like, uh, you're such a good thinker, and uh, I hope you know that. Uh, Like, it's kind of helping me kind of 
improve as a person, I guess, just like hearing about Batman. So uh, you're good at what you do. I mean, <laughs> I w- as much as I would love to take the credit, I'd love to also give you both credit, not just for providing a space, but also for listening. And throughout your podcast, I've mentioned that what makes the space so great is that understanding of humanity in Star Wars um, and understanding of humanity in pop culture. And so I want to give you two credit and shout out everyone who has taught me and gone before because I, just as every Padawan needs a master, what you see here from me is accredited to all the masters who have gone before me and all my mentors. So mm-hmm. the credit doesn't belong with me, but to everyone who's brought me to where I am today. So, but yeah, just wanted to clarify that. It's not just me. Yeah. I, I am all the Jedi, if you will. Yeah, there, there yeah. you go. Yeah, I like that. No, that's that's definitely something, you know, that we like to do is to, you know, make sure we are, you know, doing our best at least to bring on, you know, uh, different ideas and different voices and things. Because, yeah, there's a lot of things we can uh, learn about, you know, and, and Star Wars obviously is, you know, what, what the podcast, you know, that, that we do is, you know, covering by and large but you know kind of in all fandoms and all you know all sorts of media and literature and things there are you know many ways to interpret something and everyone's going to be able to put their own kind of personal backgrounds and experiences into those stories so uh you definitely get you know lots of different lots of different viewpoints and i think it's important to you know kind of see where everyone's come in with those so so yeah so definitely definitely great and definitely love having you on for for stuff like that um, but to, let's to to get back to Batman here. I have I have a note, um, and it says the Batman slash Empire Strikes Back slash Kotor two. So uh, that leads me to believe, Gabe, that you have you have you have something up your sleeve where Empire Strikes Back and the Batman are uh, correlate somehow. Um, and I think that I think that that's that's very right. So uh, so what do you what do you think? Empire Strikes Back, nineteen uh, eighty. You know, one of one of the uh, greats of all time for sure. Uh, Batman, one of the great uh, comic book superheroes of all time. Uh, take take it away. What should what kind of parallels should we be seeing in these stories? The parallels I'd say is both heroes lost. Like in all honesty, if we look at Reeves's Batman, Gotham mm-hmm. got flooded. He was not smart enough. He was not prepared enough. He was not. He didn't train hard enough. He was too caught up in his own mission that he didn't see the bigger picture. And in Kodar 2, that is similar where where Mitra has to deal with her own loss of killing all those people with the mass shadow generator and not realizing that Kreia was the one who was really playing but playing behind the scenes um so for me i would like to convey that the batman conveys that one must and i i I wrote this down i'm just trying to find it's like all the notes but one must (laughs) understand and help oneself before they help other people and that is where I'd go with Empire, where one must understand themselves too before they help other people. 
because I'd say the the climax of Empire comes when Luke decides to abandon his training with Yoda because of the premonition that he must fight Vader and save his friends. When, like we as an audience, we know it's a trap, but if we understand Luke, um, Luke himself wants to give himself up to people. He, just as Bruce tells Alfred, like, I've thought I've conquered death. I'm like, I'm not afraid of anything. It's similar to Luke where he's like, I'm not afraid of Vader. I can take him. Just as Bruce is like, I can handle himself. And it's the same dialogue options you have from Mitra saying like, of course you can be compassionate and credit everyone, but Mitra is really like, I can do it myself. And she's so influenced by Kreis in that you can do it yourself that it leads to one's downfall. If we, like when we look in the initiating action of the Batman, we are placed behind a voyeurist perspective. And we are looking through the Riddler's goggles in this sense, but we are peering into someone's psyche to understand someone. First we see the guard and how we guard our own feelings and don't let anyone in. Because what we're looking into is someone's most private space, their house. And there's a great saying where it's someone's house represents someone's own mindset and their capacity. And so we transition from the security guard to the nuns. And the nuns are outside of the mind, of the person's mindset who we're looking into. And so nuns representing like religion and good is outside of that factor. And then we look into a window where a window is supposed to be the person's mindset looking into the outside world. And we see a child dressed as a ninja like but is so violent and just trying to fight everything it sees. And like even though it strikes the father, runs away and comes back, embraces the parents that are there. And so the movie that we're seeing in the Batman is a character study versus an epic. And although the Empire Strikes Back is more of an epic, diving into the Batman gives us the idea of what Luke was going through in Empire. Where we see a child, like going back to A New Hope, we see a child who's ready to blast anything in its path and to fight, but just this longing for the love and compassion of her parents and wanting to do something, um, something greater. And so, similar to Kodar 2, where Mitra's own secrets are guarded behind rule of law and what is supposedly supposed to be good, but Mitra just needed the connections to understand her own grief and process just like Luke needed his the connection of his friends or like uh, of Yoda in order to understand and grief and process that he if he continues to be arrogant impatient and I'd say just blind all for quote-unquote the greater good then he himself will turn into Vader like we see in the Dagobah scene so kind mm -hmm. of tying it all in together, I feel that the Batman mostly resembles Luke's arc in Empire Strikes Back. Because at the end of Empire Strikes Back, we see hope. Um, Mark Hamill even just admitted to everyone that that scene was like shoot, shot first after principal photography. And that hope is the same hope that Batman gives after the entire movie. In the beginning of the movie, Batman mm -hmm. starts off as fear, vengeance something to fight back against everyone.
but at the end of the movie he says like we need to be something greater we need to i need to be be something greater and the parallel scenes from the beginning to the end of batman is batman looking up into the rain in the dark versus batman all muddied looking up into a bright sky and that contrast with luke's own perspective in the beginning of the movie where he's looking into a blizzard in hoth but at the end of the movie he's looking at the light of the galaxy that there's an opportunity to even though he sacrificed to be something greater and eventually we see that in return of the jedi but i digress mm -hmm. that is why i think that <laughs> the batman is closest tied to empire strikes back's themes character study and code art too yeah no I, I love that a lot um and wait, just as you were talking, I, I, what I was thinking of is just kind of the the character journeys of both uh, the Batman, you know, particularly in in this new one, the Matt Reeves version, and in Empire Strikes Back. You have two characters who are uh, kind of going on these journeys, being fueled by kind of kind of the memories and the endearment that they're holding on for. You know, for Luke, it's it's his father. For you know, Batman, it's a, it's his parents, um, and then. You know, at, at the end of the films or near the end of the films, they're kind of learning the truth about Ooh. about those figures and that they and that they were, you know, they were flawed just like everyone else. You know, they weren't they weren't, you know, perfect. But that doesn't that doesn't negate the the good that you're doing in their name. Um, so I, I see a big parallel um, there in the characters uh, for myself. But uh, Cassie, what about you? Do you see any kind of parallels here between? between Bruce Wayne, the Batman, and uh, Empire Strikes Back, really any kind of, uh, you know, hero's journey, Star Wars story type of things? Um, I mean, it's funny you mentioned parallels, because uh, I think I've kind of mentioned this a bit. Uh, Empire definitely uh, explores parallelism, uh, and I'm glad that uh, we're not just saying, like, oh, Empire is like the Batman because it's so dark. <laughs> My voice is kind of going dark right now. I have a little bit of a cold, but we'll have a Batman voice off later, and I'll win because I'm I was going to say, yeah, we're we're not to so. doing our Batman voices yet, so you have to have to hold on for another minute or two. Yeah, so I'm trying to trying to rein in the voice, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so parallelism and uh batman like really does represent like a lot of duality i mean even with like kind of comparing the riddler and batman i was talking with someone about this like uh batman and the riddler were both scarred orphaned as children uh but they definitely are on different sides of the spectrum i would say uh maybe maybe would Batman be chaotic good, and then uh, would what would the Riddler be like chaotic evil or lawful evil? I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. I would say that Batman is more. Yeah, Batman is definitely chaotic good. Maybe or maybe neutral. Maybe good? neutral good. Actually, you're right. Maybe neutral good, because even though he shouldn't be a vigilante, he still upholds the rule of law. Um, yeah. But Riddler is chaotic good because, he, like, he he had good intentions to like root out the corruption in Gotham. But you know, good intentions does not excuse murdering people or like blowing up the seawall. Because I, I've talked to a lot of people about this, but they felt that at the end of the movie, like 
Riddler's intentions were kind of oxymoronic because he wanted to represent the lowest of the lore and the minority and like I think that interrogation scene is perfect when he talks about that but yet like who would suffer the most from from blowing up the seawalls is it's the minority where we see yeah. Penguin yeah. and we know Rain mm-hmm. Tower is so high you're flooding the streaks of Gotham leading to more people becoming poor and so yeah there you go chaotic good right then and there like good intentions terrible execution yeah yeah the Riddler I don't know like when I was watching the movie it made me very uncomfortable um because like it kind of like it would like show the Riddler like on I don't know if they call it TikTok or like <laughs> whatever Twitch they're using. But I'm like I don't know maybe this yeah. is like giving this could give like the wrong people uh, the wrong ideas. You know, like we live in we live mm-hmm. in a society. Yeah. You we know, live in a society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And guns, yeah, and guns just kind of scare me. So like maybe it was a great film, you know, but it just was a little too intense and long for for this little Cassia. But, no worries. Uh, I think you brought up yeah. something very salient there. And uh, I want to mention again my film teacher from high school. Um, he argues that the Batman movies were made as political commentary to the politics of their time. And huh. mm-hmm. diving into this... Um, I'll shout him out at www.gormontfilmwriter.com. He argues that the Nolan films are representative of Obama's presidency and administration. That yeah. Batman yeah. Begins was made in 2005, 2006? Five. 2005. Five. Yeah. And that was when right, Obama yeah. had the speech of like, we're not the red states, we're not the blue states, we are the United States. And what the world needed in the looming feeling of being in the forever wars is a symbol a symbol of hope and that's what batman gave us that was nolan was trying to communicate that we need to look at hope and a greater future then 2008 is the financial crisis and it feels like it's chaotic it feels like the joker is running the world and obama of course was elected but has to fight that duality where with everything collapsing around him, what can you do? What can what must be done? And Obama takes the fall, just as Batman takes the fall for fighting back Harvey Dent, where there's so much chaos around, we must be the light in the darkness. We must be that dark knight. And in 2012, the Dark Knight Rises came around, and with so much of the Forever Wars going around, and eventually Obama's looming end of like his presidency and whatnot or his first term it was a response to that where it's like there's so much terrorism in the world and people saying that they can do a better job than you what can you do and it showed that obama's response was eventually to run again and to show that even though there's there's chaos and whatnot violence is never the answer or to control people is never the answer but to allow them to have that ability to understand and choose for themselves and now when we look at today um we see the dark web um and QAnon and kind of getting a bit into political sensitivity and deep water 
the argument that my teacher made was the Batman represents the politics of America right now. Where if we substitute the Riddler's name for QAnon and see him streaming messages to fight back, revolt against your government, we will literally see January 6th happen again. Where we must storm a square garden and demand our politicians to be killed. And we literally see that in the Batman movie. And so Batman kind of represents us as the America, the American population. What can we do? We must break action and actually speak up to the times around us and to fight back against this misinformation just like the Riddler was was spreading and to clear up everyone's mindsets that we must be a better people and vile and to kill people to use violence and as Batman says like vengeance isn't the answer anymore like at the end of the movie I must be something better we must be better and we have to find other means of doing so and the reason why I bring up this argument is it's similar to Star Wars's arguments at the time too when when Star Wars was made it's a re- rebelling group fighting against a tyrannical government and or an auto like an authoritarian government and what can we see from that is tactics similar to how the Vietnamese and uh, the Vietnam War fought back against their own tyrannical authoritative government and even Reagan's own program was called Star Wars as like mm-hmm. a snippet of that where people were fighting back and trying to revolt trying to speak out and in a way our own leaders at the time in the 80s were representative of the emperor and militarized governments cracking down on people as we see in empire and so like these films of batman and star wars kind of represent a greater social commentary that it makes us uncomfortable yes because it is the sad reality we are living in but we just as batman does uses fear to do something greater and better and as I was mentioning earlier and kind of tying in everything together Cassid like how you felt is totally valid because that is how Matt Reeves wants us to feel yet here you are still hosting the space and this podcast to have this uncomfortable conversation that this is our world that the media that's created is not just kind of sugarcoating putting a fresh paint on our world's problems but allowing us to have discourse over what should we do next as people in this world what are we called to be and what are we called to do and of course like that's up to everyone who's listening but mm-hmm. like that human experience you give Cassia is so invaluable and I think that's great for you to point out that these movies are so dark in that sense and have the opportunity to create this dialogue like you are creating today so thank you for bringing that up Mm -hmm. yeah and that's historically one of the things uh, specifically about comic books is they've always been very reflective of the society and uh politics going on at the time um if you go back and you know read you know comic books you know back from 
all the way back, you know, fifties, sixties, all the way up to today, they've been very, very reflective. And, and yeah, the Batman is, is very much the same. Um, I'm, I'm old enough to remember the 1989 Batman when that came out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you could, you could see the same kind of parallels going, going on there, you know, in in the late eighties and stuff too, which kind of, you know, kicked off this Batman uh, film universe that, that, uh, has been going on for, you know, quite some time now, but, yeah, no, very, very good points uh, made there, Gabe, and I definitely can understand where Cassie is coming from because I had a lot of the same feelings. Mm-hmm. So why don't we, why don't we do that? Why don't we? We've we've talked about Batman now. We've talked about how it ties into Star Wars, um, but the Batman it just it just came out a few weeks back. Like I said, it's uh, currently sitting at the uh, highest grossing film of the year so far. Um, probably no change in that coming up in the near future. But why don't we just give our little um, kind of uh, I guess review of the Batman, what we thought about it, you know, things we liked, things we didn't like, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to go on. We've been talking about the movie kind of off and on here through these, through these topics, but just, you know, just a, you know, a quick little rundown on, on what we thought about the film. And, uh, I guess who, who wants to start? Cassie, do you want to, do you want to go first? What's your, what's your Batman review? Did, did Gabe change your mind and, uh, tip the needle up a little bit there and his, and his retort or <laughs> oh he he definitely did um i think like for me uh where i live it's kind of a chore and a half to go to an imax screen mm-hmm. um so i have to be very particular about getting tickets driving there getting there on time uh and i did enjoy the film um i kind of have like been fluctuating between a three and a four um mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, it was a great film. Like, uh, was it like, kind of like what, what seeing Dune was for me? No, but like every shot was shot, uh, with, uh, such care and like the cinematography, if this doesn't get a nod, I'm going to be mad, you know, (laughs) like it, it was an amazing It's still early in the year. It's still early in the year. It is beautiful though. Yeah, I think it's just because, like, some some things that kind of touch on uh, in real life kind of made me uh, uncomfortable because that's kind of the intention, you know, like, uh, kind of, you know, uh, maybe, like, maybe I didn't enjoy it as much as some other people, but I appreciate um, it's, like technical craft and everything that went into it and I'm sure like given time once I kind of process you know kind of like what it says about trauma mental health and like it is an uncomfortable reflection of our world and uh innocence you know have to like endure like the actions of uh evil people you know and like sometimes it's just like you can't really see like what the point of like senseless suffering is you know like mm-hmm. and that's like a batman movie you know like so i'm glad we are getting like we're able to talk about like all of this coming out of like a comic book movie so uh if if more superhero films are kind of at this level i think I think it's good, you know, to to kind of heighten what people can expect, and mm-hmm. so like somewhere between a three and a four for me, but like uh, 
the acting was great. I can't think of any kind of static acting. Uh, the cinematography was great. Um, I did think it was maybe a little bit long, but like I'm kind of one of those old fashioned people that is like an hour and 30 minutes, nothing more, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's not how it goes. So, like, maybe it could have been a little bit shorter. But um, I think, like, what kind of stood out to me the most um, is, like, earlier on in the movie, um, you kind of see the buildup of the Batman. And it's kind of like, not quite a hallway scene, but it's a buildup. He just walks closer, you know, and you hear it. Mm -hmm. And he's just intense, kind of like staring at you with a bat stare, you know, like Robert Pattinson just like owns it, you know. And I'm like, oh, I'm not even like, you know, a criminal in that situation, but I'm scared, you know. And right. you kind of just see him like say like, I'm vengeance, you know. And then, then when he is trying to rescue uh, Catwoman and he kind of like uses like, green steroids that probably have no relation with Bane, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to kind of like give him a boost, you know, he kind of is just like punching, uh, this, this rogue cop and he asks who the rogue cop is and he says, I'm vengeance. That's what the cop says. And then he just kind of sees himself reflected in that person. And then you kind of just see in Batman's eyes, like, He's on the line. He could go either way. And Gordon says, like, who are you? Uh, and he he backs up from, from the line because he realizes he was like, he could have gone too far. He was going too far, but mm -hmm. he was cognizant enough to, to make the choice to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, um, I share a lot of those same sentiments as you um i think on my letterbox i think i gave this uh, a three and a half stars i think talking with gabe i'd probably bump that up a little bit but yeah. um <laughs> kind of my 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 kind of big complaint was it, it wasn't necessarily that it was too long but it felt like the last kind of act was um a little bit kind of counterintuitive to what we'd seen um, for me, I've, I've always really liked the Riddler as one of the villains. Um, so I was excited to see his take on it. And through the first two thirds of the film, I like, I liked it a lot, kind of his, his motives and the way he was carrying it out. But then by the end, to me, at least, um, he was almost just as like a stand in for a Joker type of a character. Like he didn't seem like the Riddler anymore to me. He seemed like, he seemed like the Joker and less like the Riddler. So I, I didn't love that. Um, it, it's really, really bleak. Um, even in like, like uh, the Dark Knight, which is also a really, really dark uh, telling of a Batman story. There's still some moments of levity in it, and there are no moments of levity in this one. So I, <laughs> I maybe could have used uh, a little break from how how bleak it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to argue with how beautiful it looks, how the acting was. Uh, Colin Farrell. Um, as you know, Oswald Copperpot was great. Jeffrey Wright is incredible. I love him and basically everything that he does. John Turturro was really good as Carmine Falcone. So the acting was good. The way that it looked was good. The soundtrack by and large, I liked a lot and kind of the musical points to it, but yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to bump it up to a four and now I'm going to turn it over to Gabe for the last word and he can tell us why we're wrong. And this gets five stars, I think. So before that, um, 
Cassia, you want to mention something about the ending. I remember we chatted about it earlier. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, Brian, I understand what you said. It kind of felt bleak. But for me, like, this is the most hopeful ending that I feel like we've ever gotten out of a Batman film. And I was so surprised. Like, he's out in the daylight. Like, I mean, like, he's helping clean up, you know, after... Uh, a flood and he's in the daylight just saving people he's not intimidating criminals and I was like so shocked at like how vulnerable like Batman was and like just like how heroic he was and was like wow like that could have been someone you know like helping clean up after a hurricane that we have all too often now and mm. I was just impressed with that and I don't know if I quite bought the romantic chemistry between Batwoman and Catwoman at times but I did feel like it was a deep connection um and I feel bad that I don't think I I've mentioned Catwoman until now but like I would say maybe she's the true neutral in this movie and uh I found it so interesting that the Riddler's locked up you know it's not a big punching fight at the end like in the traditional sense uh mm -hmm. It's uh, Batman uh, trying to save people, and in some ways he fails, but they're, they're in the inferno together, even though I guess it's not an inferno, it's a flood, the aquatic version of an inferno, and uh, not quite a hurricane, but I'm not... Yeah, I'm just mad that I can't really come up with the right word at the time, but... Um, like they're they're helping other people and it's like how many of those situations you know like just randomly kind of happen like earthquakes hurricanes uh random things like no one can predict and uh it's not a big punching fight at the end like batman doesn't out punch riddler you know and in some ways like he fails when it comes to intellect you know mm -hmm. and it's kind of about the connection uh, between Batwoman and Catwoman. So, like, even though, like, uh, romantically, I don't know if I kind of buy it completely. Like, I was sold on their connection. And, like, I'll be rooting for them, you know, <laughs> like, of course. You know, like, I'm going to be like, yeah, and Batwoman and Catwoman, they're going to, like, find love, you know, one day. Like, once they kind of, like, deal with, like, some of their trauma more. And then they're they're in a better, like, headspace for a relationship. But, um but yeah, um, I I love the ending and like how it's not just like a punch fight at the end because uh, I think I I might have mentioned on one of our like episodes before like a uh, writing MFA professor we were talking about movies coming out and like I think we were talking about Suicide Squad like it was out at the time and my professor says like oh, I'm just kind of like sick of like superhero films because they kind of just end with a big punching fight at the end and I was like well actually oh wait that that's true you know but like for this one I, I think it was kind of saying something about the society we're living in and like how we can respond to that mm -hmm. all right well and uh my favorite Star Wars characters this is where the fun begins all right so <laughs> For me, out of five, I would rate the Batman a five out of five. And 
the reason I'm saying this is like I invite everyone to like kind of close their eyes and maybe picture yourself. But imagine you're five years old and you're scared of either the movie you're watching, you want to go home, you're just tired. You step out of a theater, someone starts robbing your parents, your your dad steps right in front of you and says like, I'll handle this, like you don't have to do this, and he gets shot. Then your mother is like crying and whatnot, and she gets shot right in front of her eyes, and of course the criminal who does it sees that you're just a five-year-old kid and runs away and all that remains surrounded around you is the blood pearls and rain and loneliness that your parents were just gunned down in front of you and now I invite anyone to open their eyes if they did but the reason why I mention this is that's traumatic it's painful it's harrowing and the only person that Bruce has left after that happens is Alfred who Alfred himself is someone on the Waynes' payroll who is there to help the family is a butler yet he takes on the father role for Bruce and so in the many depictions of Batman or storytelling we see the movies are told in an epic format instead of a singular character analysis format and the reason why i mention this is people love comparing the dark knight to the batman and i want to halt that comparison because both movies are so different sure they're both about batman but they're told very differently where the narrative is it provides different impact in the dark knight we have single scenes of just the joker where he talks to mob bosses, he burns a pile of cash, he makes Harvey into Two-Face. But in the Batman, the only singular scenes we get of the Riddler are in the beginning and the end and any quick cut in between that just shows his face. We don't see him prepare, we don't see him plan, but who we see is Batman. And no movie has helped us understand Batman in this light ever because in Batman Begins even though we see it it's still told in epic format where we see Scarecrow start poisoning people um, in the 1989 film we just see Michael Keaton just roam around the streets of Gotham talk to people and then Batman vs Superman as Batfleck we see Batman as a foil to Superman. It's an epic again. But never do we see and understand the pain of loss that we see in this movie. We see Bruce is trying to figure out who he is. I know when I lost my grandma and my dad, I became a reclusive. I became angry and like... Matt Reeves has stated that he inspired this Bruce Wayne after Kurt Cobain. And Kurt Cobain throughout his life dealing with drugs and his own depression has felt almost akin to Bruce, hence why something in the way planes or something in the Wayne, if you will. And Bruce is literally unable to comprehend the fact that 
this has happened to him. He doesn't want to be a Wayne, but he has to be a Wayne. But the only reason why he's holding on is to the goodness that his dad stepped in front of him or protected him. I thought was great was this is also one of the first Batman movies in a while that we didn't see Batman's parents getting shot again. And so I was like, thank God. And it provides us that perspective of a young Bruce Wayne in his second year trying to figure things out. And no movie has done that before, as mentioned, but what makes it so spectacular is how we see him fail. And it provides the human experience that Batman can't do everything, that we as human beings can't do everything. And in, of course I mentioned that it's a response to those times around us, but Alfred says it best that Bruce Wayne and Batman can't be in two places at once. Bruce cannot be Batman, Batman cannot be Bruce, and when Selina Kyle and Catwoman says, like, who are you really under there? Battinson doesn't know. He looks down, and that's so great that he acts with his eyes because we see that he himself does not know who he is, just as a depressed kid does not know who they are without their parents. And so... Just as we saw in the initiating action of the movie, Bruce is someone who's seen, trying to figure out who he is, that he's so angry like the kid in mid, the beginning just trying to fight everything that in reality all he wants is a hug. All he wants is to be understood and to give him the validation that what he's doing and how he feels is right because all he's received throughout his life is to know how to fight. And Alfred tells him this, that I'm sorry, Master Bruce, I didn't, you needed a father. And I couldn't provide you that, but I can teach you how to survive and fight. And it's why Bruce has become the way he is. And so, another facet which makes it even better is the duality, again, of the Riddler and Bruce. Um, in the prequel comic to the Batman, of course, no one needed to read it, but it provides the understanding that Bruce and the Riddler could have grown up the same as orphans who lost their parents, except the reason why Bruce is blamed all the time by the Riddler is he had money. There is that classist feeling about the movie and the commentary of, does money really make you happy? And it shows for Bruce that money didn't make him happy. Sure, he has all these fancy gadgets and everything, but he's still depressed. Yet the Riddler hates him for it. And it shows that understanding that when we place, especially for mental health, that, hey, you have all these things, you should be happy. Bruce isn't happy. He's really struggling. And he throughout the movie, he's figuring that out. He starts in the beginning saying, I'm vengeance. But at the end of the movie, when he sees the Riddler goon saying that he's vengeance, he realizes that because he hasn't helped himself, he hasn't taken the time to process his grief, he's projected onto other people who have made that something worse, something more sinister. And so the only way that he can really be more is by becoming a hero. And 
in the previous Batman movies, we don't see that until either the trilogy of the Dark Knight Rises or at the end of the Dark Knight when he becomes the hero that Gotham deserves, not the one it needs. But in this movie, we see his growth and character arc to there. Where, in all honesty, you can cut out the second act of the movie if you want to streamline it right away and have a perfect Bruce Wayne, but his Spanish isn't great. He's still learning on the job. He didn't know about about what the Riddler was really talking about. He couldn't figure things out right away. And that himself shows the most human Batman we've had. And it also shows and depicts really what trauma does to someone. It shows that we as a society need to do more. We need to do better in helping not just everyday people, but men really cope with their trauma. Because everyone thinks that men can are tough, have to comprehend this on their own, but they need help. And Bruce needed help. And it was only until like he really realized the fault of his actions and getting called out by society, let alone Catwoman, for the hypocrisy of his job, does it show that he needs help. And so why I really give this a 5 out of 5 is, aside from the political commentary, the mental health struggles, the overarching theme of what the Batman is trying to convey is... We need to be better as a society towards everyone. It's another commentary that we as one person can do more. Like the ending, I definitely agree, did feel rushed. When I rewatched it the second time, I realized that there's a throwaway line talking about the seawalls. But the ending really shows that where when Batman takes off the cable and uses his battering, he gets rebaptized, if you will, into something greater, into a figure. And if you will also, when he lights up the flare, he makes it a Red Sea, just like how in the Bible it's leading people into a new era, a new understanding, a opportunity for change. And so kind of concluding everything the Batman really not conveys that we must understand ourselves in order to help others because we as human beings have the opportunity for change. We have the opportunity, unlike communicating in other Batman movies, which is all just punching and fighting, that we can be more than who we really are as the violent primitive beings who are always vengeful and angry. We can use that and transform that fire as the red was used as a motif for the entire movie and transform that into a brighter sun for the next day and become something more. We don't have to be the cat woman who uses guns and wants to carry out vengeance, but we can be the ones who can help people understand why their actions are wrong and inspire a new generation of people to take up the mantle voice to root out corruption and to create a better Gotham for all. And so kind of concluding again, this is why I gave the movie a five out of five because it is the deepest, truest character studying to Batman that we've ever seen in a film.
but yeah yeah hopefully that swayed your minds a little bit more um <laughs> no i'm rating it five out of five so you know so <laughs> no for sure and yeah. i do want to mention like it's valid every criticism of the movie is really valid and i will say like the movie's not for everyone um in the Silver Age, we had Batman. Like, if you go on Cartoon Network on Saturdays in the two th late 2000s, you have Batman the Brave and the Bold, which is the smiling Batman for everyone. But to understand Batman is to understand that he is... I th which movie is it? He is a boy in a mask like who has parental problems, who has unresolved grief and who has just the heart to wanting to help people but not knowing how to do it and so we can inspire people who like have the same grief to not turn out like the Riddler but can help understand that like for example just like the renewal fund was like unfunded we need to really invest into resources and people who want to do better instead of want to do worse just like, again, time to the social commentary, instead of storming a capital or storming a building full of hopeful people who want to try to make change, we should start making change by cooperating with one another and finding other solutions that can advance us as human beings instead of resorting to violence once again. And therefore, Martin Scorsese's commentary on how superhero movies need to transform is valid because you know what pick up a marvel movie you're gonna see more punching around but this movie was what allowed us to understand why we look up to superheroes and whatnot is that human aspect so yeah there that's yeah. that's my review in a nutshell yeah. <laughs> all right yeah no uh definitely definitely great words and uh definitely uh make a very good argument there for the five-star reviews. So thank you very much for sharing that with us and with everyone, Gabe. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, everyone listening at home, um, why don't you let us know what you think about uh, the Batman? If you saw it, if you got a chance to see it in IMAX, you know what your review of it was or what your favorite version of Batman is, let us know because uh, that's fun and we think that the Batman and talking about it and you know how it might tie into Star Wars in, in some ways. Uh, we think all of that stuff is fun, and we think it's awesome that Gabe came back on to an episode with us. So, Gabe, thank you so much for joining us and talking Batman. No, thank you. Thank you again, Brian and Cassie, for inviting from, uh, me on. And again, just my parting words is let's be people for and with others. Be in solidarity, show some kindness and compassion, and focus on service. The world is already struggling enough, but we as individual people have the power to make change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very well said, Gabe. Um, why don't you tell everyone listening uh, where they can connect with you online if they want to learn more about you know, uh, your, your bright future, what you have going on. Um, you're, uh, you're always up to doing something that looks really fun and really fulfilling. Uh, every time I see you posting something on Instagram. Aww, so why don't you tell you. everyone where they can connect with you? Um, you can either find me on Facebook or Gabriel Young. Um, come chat with me on messenger. Be more than happy to, uh, help process and analyze and talk about what, what, and whatever. Um, you can find me on discord. Um, 
uh, Young, Y-O-U-N-G, Knights uh, 2, that's number 2, uh, with the four digits of, oh no, oh, Discord, why are you doing this to me right now? Um, I can probably drop that another time since it's not showing me, but yeah, you can find me there. Um, otherwise, Instagram at the Gabe Young. Um, I'd be more than happy to chat about with you all there. So, yeah, that's really about it. But again, thank you so much, Brian and Cassie, for having me. This was such an uplifting and salient conversation. Yeah, and we'll definitely have you on again in the future. And uh, I don't know, like, you left me with a lot of good thoughts and a lot of undeserved praise, but uh, I always love validation, <laughs> so... Yeah, Thank you right, so much. Right. At, at times I was kind of blubbering and that's why I didn't say anything because I was like, oh, like just kind of like almost about to cry. But, you know, so uh, you left me with like lots of good thoughts. Uh, I kind of remembered uh, the the gangster who's kind of unsure if they want to really go through with this, you know, like half Joker uh, paint and like half uh half plain you know uh, no joker makeup uh and it's like we talked a lot about duality but it's like we can destroy or protect and i think you gave us a lot of uh, things to think about and uh, ways we can help protect people and uh even if we have a uh, trauma or a bad day or a long halloween or life has been rough we can we can uh move forward and make positive changes in our life and uh, be for be a force yep, for good for sure kind of dropping uh two fun facts for everyone here if they made it till the end is uh that one character you mentioned cassia the actor actually plays tim drake on the dc show titans and he was casted before um before he got the role on titan so you never know robert battinson That's so cool. yeah <laughs> battinson has mentioned that he wants a Robin, so who knows what may happen there. And the second thing is that. <laughs> uh, that cinematography. I know you mentioned like that opening scene. Um, by the way, quick tidbit: Batman said, "Stop Asian hate." Just really promoting that. Um, yeah, it's a, the Batman cinematographer is the same cinematographer as Rogue One, and hence why they have your favorite scenes in all of cinema, uh, Cassia, the hallway scene. So. Two fun yeah. facts for everyone who uh, joined us tonight. Yeah, there, there you go. So, well, thank you very much again, Gabe. And uh, yeah, hope everyone enjoyed uh, this little chat about the Batman. Thanks for joining us. May the force be with you. Um, and I, I don't know, is there a good Batman line to sign off with, Cassia? I'm Batman. I wasn't even trying there. My goodness, like that. My oh. voice is just kind of dead now but yeah i think the best batman quote that i can state probably not from this batman movie is the christian bale one where it's like it's not who i am underneath but what i do that defines me and then it's going over to this movie if i can remember that quote let me find my notes um where Batman says, like, to, to kill someone is to be that killer himself. So always in our guises of human beings or our own names and identities, 
it's what we do as human beings to serve others that matters to us. So leaving everyone with that. public podcast can be found on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts youtube as well as everywhere else that anchor podcasts are distributed subscriptions reviews and shares help us out and if you want to connect with the podcast on twitter we can be found at old republic pod and if you want to connect with me i can be found on instagram at astro underscore droid underscore You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.